Hello, Julian. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm excellent, thank you, and really, really looking forward to tonight's special, special show. Yeah, me too. Some people say that this person runs the most popular comedy page on Facebook. Some say he says outrageous things about authority in the establishment. Some say he has a soft spot for kittens. And when asked if he is this person, random strangers shout out that they are in fact him. But to us, he simply are our tame veterinary surgeon. And we call him Dr. or Professor Raptured Spleen. Let, let's get Dr. Spleen in. Hi, I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Hay. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. Dr. Spleen? Professor Spleen? Uh, Dr. Dr. Spleen? How how do we refer to you? Um, with deference and respect, generally. Right. Of course, but my lord, sir. That'll do as well, yep. Okay. Good, good. So, so my, my lord, sir, Herr Dr. Professor Spleen. That, that's that's right. We'll, we'll, we'll carry on in that vein. Good. That, yeah, that'll do. Spleeno will do for short. Spleen. But, um, yeah. Spleen. Right. You're, you're going to name yourself after one of the most famous groups of characters ever produced on Facebook. Now, the Spleeno straight- characters. You've gone straight in there and showing off the amount of research you've done, haven't you? Oh, uh, yeah, Lord, that, That's beautiful. Beautiful. Seamless. <laughs> do, do, do you see how fun it is? It just it flows, doesn't it? it it's it's like, a, like a meandering stream, gently flowing from top yeah. to top. What did you think of the Fleno characters? Did any resonate with you? Absolutely, because for, for those of you that are listening to the show, the Spleno characters on the Raptured Spleen page on Facebook are based on a, a famous Danish children's building bricks company, other, otherwise known as Lego. And, and the Spleno figures are absolutely superb because what they do is they take some of the characteristics of, of various people around the veterinary industry and essentially, um, how would you describe it? Professor Spleen, you you exaggerate some of their their features. Um, no, we just work with some really strange people, and and so we just um, we just describe them straight off, really. Which is why it's really important that um, we preserve some degree of an anonymity, hence the COVID mask here, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to just transcribe our material. It's literally biography for people we've we've um, we've worked alongside, and sometimes they get tagged in there as well. Because they actually look so much like those Lego characters. In some cases. <laughs> some cases, yeah, we share them we share them round on the on the discussion group. And and is that is that it? Yes it is. Yeah. <laughs> and most of them are an amalgamation of lots of people as well. With a bit of characteristic thrown on. So who who is your favourite Spleno character then, Professor Spleen? Oh my favourite. I mean, there's a lot of them. That, when we put up dexamethasone, got um, the government making a big fuss about this new wonder drug mm-hmm. uh, COVID, when it was it was dexamethasone, and we had the picture of Boomerbet with the the thing saying, "Everyone, calm down, jabber dex, back to work." Um, in front, <laughs> that, that, that's the one that 
putting it up, I would just laugh every time for about a week. But my actual, my, my favourite one is Practice Wonder Mum. Practice oh, Wonder yeah. Mum. Ah. She, she's the one who, despite having had naught hours sleep every night because of a crying baby, still comes in with a cake for all the staff the next day. So I think most practices have got a Practice Wonder Mum lurking around somewhere. <laughs> Unmasked We've unmasked him. We've unmasked the raptured spleen. Oh, fantastic. Oh, this is amazing. Practice Wonder Mum. Yeah. On the spleen, we, we try and do, sometimes we're quite barbed and sometimes we're quite, you know, sharp and to the point and some people all sort of read stuff and, oh, that's a bit sharp. But hopefully we're, we're towards, keep searching where that line is. You only find where the line actually is when your toes get a bit damp the other side, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to it. Yeah. Um, so occasionally there's a damp turn and we have to, to pull back a little bit. And we, we try and check things out around some, some other people as well. We've all got, um, you know, some people that we can quietly ask, hey, what do you think about, is that funny? Or, you, know, you could fall in love with something, but um, you've got to check if it's funny. And sometimes if it's a bit sharp, then just a rewrite or some you know, various people have helped with, with a little bit of a rewrite and, and you, can, you can take away the sharpness and still keep the humour. Things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But often we, we, we try and drop in something that's a little bit of an uplift and a little bit positive to it. And the feedback we got on practice Wonder Mum, it was sort of shining a bit of a light on that classic mum guilt. We should probably should sort of say parent guilt, um, but of wanting to be all things in all parts and feeling that you're not quite good enough all the time. And but actually delivering a fantastic amount for your family and for your work colleagues, and and that idea that actually all your work colleagues see what you're up to and and really admire that. And so we had a closing line that all practice wonder mums children think that they've got the best mum in the world, and none of them are wrong. Um, and that one went out, and it just flew. You know, there's people that you know are in there for all of us. There's people that we know. You know, there's messages and there's a bit of tears and stuff, tears of joy and, and stuff like that on there. So so that, that one scores highly with with me and sort of what, what we're about, really. That's that's really nice. I think that's, that's good. So it, for you, it's it's bringing, what, some a lighter look, some humour into the daily grind that we all go through? Yeah, largely. We try and, well, we time things. We're, we're all UK-based, the writers. We've got the slots that we'll time, time for. And that is, I'm sorry for the vernacular, but it's morning poo um, around about <laughs> just after seven o'clock. Um, it's lunch break. Or um, obviously, if we've got something that's focused for the nurses, then there'll be nurse break. And then depending on the type of job, we normally do a couple per day. Mm -hmm. um, but if there's something that's really going to be a mass impact, then around about eight, half eight, we'll put that out. We've got about 4,000 fans in America, 3,000 in Australia. So it fits in with different time schedules. But we'll often get messages into the group, which we all read. And it's sort of, you know, stuff like I had a really difficult day. I've had a crappy time. And, and that was a big lift. And, right. you know, you're saying stuff we're all thinking. And that's coming from the fact that we're all out there and working in various different aspects of the profession. And so if you can articulate something that everyone's feeling and find the humour in it, then you can take something that people feel is a bit of a, a burden on the shoulders and actually turn it into something that we'll all have a chuckle about or recognise. That's nice. 
It is. And actually, it's a very British thing, though, in some ways, isn't it? Laughing about something that uh, that's troubled us or that worries us. Yeah. And I, I, I don't want to sort of stereotype the British too much, but we, we, we're well known for having a good old laugh at, uh, at the establishment is satire, true satire. The, the 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 modern movement started in this country by by Peter Cook and and uh, and his cronies, who brought in the so called American satirists, who were really just rude vocal mouthpieces trying to shock people. But there was no there was no cleverness. There was no let's dissect what we find troublesome and what we find wrong, yeah, and try and exaggerate those bits and find humour in it. Obviously, in, in, any humour has has a butt to it, and a, that's B-U-double-T, hasn't it? But actually, your your humour and good satire doesn't hurt the individual. It's not pointed to try and uh, reduce anyone's self-esteem, mm. but it's there to, to perhaps take people down a peg or two who need to be taken down a peg or two and simplify complex matters that are otherwise nonsensical. Is that good enough description of it, do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think so. One of the principles of the spleen is that we'll all take a turn in the hot seat. They talk about satire or, or some sorts of humour. It's always got to punch upwards. Yes. But if you set that as your rules, then you're instantly setting up a hierarchy that doesn't have to be there. So some people are easy targets. You know, the... the the Royal College is an easy target, or those in power are an easy target. We, we, we wouldn't say anything about the Royal College, would we, Julian? Never do. Never do. No. Never. Never. Um, no. Hmm. Well, we say something about some of the uh, stupid and inane rules they bring out sometimes, and like a forethought that's gone in, but actually they're all hard-working people there, and sometimes they get on the wrong path, don't they? Yeah. And it takes a little bit of a prompt from uh, from the the general drudging vet to, to perhaps bring that to light. And, and we follow their directions with regard to CPD as well, don't we? We do, completely, completely. And we'll, we'll um, stick to that well tonight as well. Interestingly enough, Professor Spleen, I introduced you um, as, as a world-famous Facebook internet page author, editor, and I said that... When asked if you are the raptured spleen, random people shout out down the street, Spartacus style, that they are in fact the raptured spleen. As in, are you the raptured spleen? I am the raptured spleen. No, I am the raptured spleen. We are in fact legion. You are oh. legion. Now you've mentioned this because you've, you, you keep saying we. Yeah. Can you share some more on, more on that? Because I think a number of people perceive the raptured spleen as being one person. We have a, a writing group. Mm -hmm. And so in some cases, someone will just come up with something. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes someone will have an idea. And sometimes someone will, will present the first little glimmer. And actually, the, the, the joke comes 90% from someone else then. They're taking that and running with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... We, we have a writing group where there are some people who are quite prolific and some people who are less prolific but will occasionally come out with an absolute perler. Right. And some people um, who more sort of contribute a bit of background or a bit of a, advice on it. And 
then we, we tag some things as being from the splenic massive, which is material that's been sent in to us. Right. Um, and sometimes we'll edit it a little bit, and sometimes we'll just put it straight up and say thank you very much. But we put a hashtag on that from the splenic masses, and then sometimes people who submitted it will claim it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you've got any, I think I touched on earlier, if you've got something where I'm thinking, is this funny? Or is this too sharp? Or does it need a, a, a rewrite on it? Then there are, are, are other groups of people that I can take something to. And I, I don't want to sort of, I don't want to give the idea that all of this is meticulously crafted, because quite often someone, <laughs> much, <laughs> as, much as it may appear, that, that the time and effort and the, the sculpting that goes into every last syllable is absolutely pristine. I have to disabuse you of that and say that sometimes it's just slapped up quickly in a quick coffee break. As in, um, what, what are we going to put up in an hour's time? Oh, my God. Yeah, a little bit. Sometimes we do some scheduling, but I, I like to always be available. Well, more if there's anything where there could be a bit of controversy or something, on, or, or people might take it the wrong way, then I like to be around about when it goes up. Just, just to be able to steer off people in, in, in the right direction if they, if they get the wrong end of the stick. Yeah, a little bit like that. We do have a rule that um, if you want to, to discuss something, we, we are profoundly allergic to virtue signalling. Right. So if you want to discuss something, um, <laughs> we do it by a message and we'll have an atta and um, we'll adjust things if necessary. We've found some good material through that sort of thing as well. Have you considered this side hmm. or whatever? It's a little bit about finding that line, but it's also about being careful that you don't trample over it. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've experienced that as well, although I have to say that I've never actually interviewed an organ before. Um, but uh, we understand exactly what you're saying there because. We agreed that you were going to call it, refer to us as a mighty organ. Well, that's... people have referred to Mike and myself as not the mighty organs, haven't they? Well, I, I, I don't know. I think it's uh, it, it's quite a formidable organ, the one that we were referred to, <laughs> referred to as. <laughs> but, but Professor Spleen, I mean, I, I love I love the fact you know just staying on the on the organ thing and and as as raptured spleen, which of course in itself is a, is a play on on words and, and very cleverly done. We love that. You refer to some of your followers as the splenic masses. These. Yeah seemingly protuberous lumps that circulate around on the the main organ itself yeah that was an absolute fluke <laughs> <laughs> no i thought it'd be carefully worked out in in your in, in your whole ideology when you thought what should we do we'll, we'll have the, the, the raptured spleen because then we can have splenic masses i mean surely no we are, we are nothing if not honest a lot of thought went into raptured spleen and so rapture and rupture and vent your spleen and the smiley icon and drawing that out and then getting getting a, a designer to, to do it nicely. So a lot went into that. Right. And then we launched and, and I think it was like a day or so after it was like, ooh, very masses. And and <laughs> and there it was. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that, that counts as a freebie, I think. <laughs> That's great. That's so, great. Where did it all start? What, where did Raptured Spleen come from? And, and tell us a bit about your meteoric rise to, uh, to Facebook and internet stardom, because it's quite an impressive story. It was someone else's idea in the first place. So I did some writing on, on another 
group on a veterinary basis. And then as that sort of came to a bit of a natural end and a bit of a precipitous end, I started up the ratchet spleen. And we sort of had a thought and was chatted with some other people who were quite funny, funny in a ha-ha sense, but actually, um, if you looked at them, funny in the other sense as, as well. <laughs> it says he with a, with a monkey. <laughs> There was a horrible moment when I thought this wasn't going to get delivered. It actually got delivered um, about three, four hours ago. And so we haven't quite had time to puff it up from its folded in. So it looks like I've taken one to the side of the side of the face. Is, is that not your real face? <laughs> I, I must confess. No, I've had a little bit of teeth work done. Right. And, um, and you know, no one can get to the hairdressers these days, can they? No. So, um, I, I've, I've got that problem. Yeah. Julian and I have been suffering with that problem all yeah. through lockdown. Can't Terrible. get a bloody Terrible. hairdresser. Yeah. You want to get to get yourself to a dog groomer's. What you got there? What, what are you drinking? What's that? Wait, hey, hey. What you got? What you got? Go. That is um, water. Actually, it is water. Is it? <laughs> yes, so is mine. Yeah. So, very so. Oh, I, I've got some... cut out there, but presumably dog. you're letting that. Well, I, I'm, I'm quite pleased about that because... Um, We've we've got a message. We got a message on our, our fan board saying that people were concerned about the amount of gin that we were drinking on uh, on the shows, and so I've, I've taken that to heart and and I've decided that um, they're absolutely right. So so I, I've switched to rum tonight. Good, um, good rum. Well, yeah. and I've I've switched to to red wine. Although that's that's almost out. So I've got a bottle of gin. I'll just top this up in a minute. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's that's appropriate. So, so just to keep them happy, the tonic in my eye. It's it's gunpowder room. No, it's gun room navy rum. And there's a story a story about that, of course, and I'm, I'm sure everybody here is, is well familiar with um, with the British Navy and the story of uh, navy strength rum. But just in case somebody isn't aware of that. Um, it's, I understand it still happens today. The tradition in the British Navy since the 1600s has been to give every sailor a tot of rum. It's part of their salary. It's part of their salary. Was it not to, to help them with scurvy or boring windless days on the high sea? Uh, I, I think it went a couple of decades ago. Did it? Decades. I'm afraid so, yeah. Um, but um, the, the diluted grog was... Isn't that the source of the mojito? A mojito yes. is a form of, yeah. because of the lime that went into it, and I don't, I don't drink mojitos, but but their diluted grog, the rum made the water taste, their, their brackish water taste more palatable, yeah. and obviously brought a bit of fun with it besides. That's right. And the, and the lime in it helped uh, prevent scurvy, because the vitamin C. Yeah. But of course, the big issue in those days was that the ordinary sailors would live and sleep around their cannon below deck. And so it, it became a, a Navy strength rum because it was certified that if they spilt their rum, the gunpowder would still be able to fire. And that, that comes in at around about, it says here, 65% proof. Oh, gosh, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. And, and if you don't like rum, of course, you can get Navy Strength gins now as well. I suppose the officers drank that. You can probably get Navy Strength water. Where's Bunker? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it 65% alcohol 
that is 100% proof, because 100% proof is what will still like gunpowder. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But I'm no good at maths. <laughs> but do have quite a skill for drinking gin, uh, rum, uh, whiskey. There we go. Ah, so serious stuff. I'd just like to yeah. ask because um, you've given me quite a clue here. Um, and I've got a feeling that you probably missed the Spleno Vet Centre Zoom get-together call that was convened by the... Um, who was it that convened that particular meeting? That was the regional director's idea. <laughs> and I've got a feeling yeah. that you probably missed that meeting because... Um, well, how is Sally? The, the regional director caricature, um, we put on, we put on that, that the, actually some, some of the ideas of that got sent in to us. Um, and so you know, we put a little bit of a, a twist and sort of brought some other things together as well, including that sense that, you know, there's, I can't remember if it was, if it was on the Zoom call one or if it was on the, the individual one, but that idea that you collate everyone together for one lovely positive reason and then all of a sudden you turn over this flip chart that's heading south or <laughs> you drop in a, 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 by the way. I was wanting to get all to, uh, everyone together and we'll just touch base about something and then, and then by the way, if you don't start parking in that space, then someone is going to suffer. And you know, that sort of, we'll lure everyone in with, with one sense. And then, um, and then once you drop your guard, boom, there it comes. It, it's the classic shit sandwich gone wrong, isn't it? The feedback sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it must be a, a terribly, I, mean, I know some people who work in that sort of area. And, you know, it's, it's to, to suddenly plop up in a practice. And you'd sort of, it's almost like a, if a Royal College inspector comes to a, a practice for the practice standard. Which can only be a good thing, he hastens to add. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so there's an element of that relationship. I mean, whoever has a cosy chat with their driving test um, examiner, and it's, it's sort of you try and break something down, but actually, well, you're here for a, a reason. It's difficult to form that relationship in moving into a, a, a practice and sort of touring around all the different ones. There's different aspects, difficult aspects to all jobs, isn't there? It's our there job is. just to laugh at them as much as possible. Get it out in the open, get it chuckled about. So so you're saying getting out in the open and, and everybody will chuckle about it. I presume that uh, <laughs> Boomervet didn't mind uh, everybody's reaction to him inviting multi-poo breeder to this Zoom meeting then. <laughs> You have done your research assiduously, and I applaud you for it. It's utterly <laughs> out of character, but absolutely appropriate. <laughs> um, no, normally, when I do, when, normally when I do my research, I turn up somebody completely wrong. Um, <laughs> and I get into all sorts of. We, we've actually dropped that. We've dropped the Google search from the show now because it got it got uh, potentially libelous at times, didn't it, Julian? I was going to say that the, the person we're hoping to have on at some stage in the future. Uh, we, we Googled uh, incorrectly and thought, we can't possibly have this person on. They do that to horses? No, we misspelled the name. Right. Well, 
I mean, do, just for clarity, I do do that to horses, and, and I'm quite prepared to talk about it. No, um, no you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> really not. No, no, no you don't. Uh, otherwise, I, you will be being introduced to our other guests. I'm feeling solicitor. It's all right. It's all right. Well, I, I think I'm, I'm going to call one of our other guests from the other week. Um, what, what's his title? The Regulator? <laughs> having a discussion about your future career um, uh, yeah yeah that is a great caricature though isn't it because the, the boomer will um will communicate they, they will they will be able to to charm and to defang that dragon that is the multi-poo breeder and yep. there's, there's a totally different and in the way that's sort of a positive thing but there, there are also the time when you wander through and and hang about that there's someone stood in the prep room there as a Caesar's going on and oh Christ it's so and so and all the rules have gone out of the window yeah. and um and everything gets gets flouted doesn't it so yeah that but we we also feature oh, was it I think it was Mrs Parker um who is the the architect the, the angel client the older lady she's she comes in she's she's knitted some um some nightcaps and baby clothes because she knows the deputy head nurse is expecting. No, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, Dr. Spleen, you're not going to get away with that because I know that Sally Parker is in the stable yard and that Sally Parker is, is actually um, one of your horse, horse clients. Right. So, He's working on a script, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Is that equine client? Yeah, yeah. Because that's why that is why you missed. That's why you missed that Zoom call, because you happen to have got stuck in Sally Parker's stable yard, for some mysterious reason. Well, I, I think we've all been stuck in Sally Parker's stable yard at some point in our careers, haven't we? I, I remember long before I was married. Uh, <laughs> an awful, awful half hour, maybe 40 minutes in, in Sally Parker's stable yard. Awful. Okay. Wonderful, but awful. Hosting, but fine, yeah. Mm. It's probably only 10 minutes, actually. It seemed like half an hour. That <laughs> kind always did drag a little. Yeah, although now I'm I'm doing it for my career. So, um, and and I get to ride Parisians frequently. Brilliant. So, um, yeah. Holding a, a pygmy marmoset in each hand, shouting yippee ki -yay. Well, the pygmy marmosets, they're a lot of fun, but it's not really a living, is it? <laughs> it's not. And in fact, you, you mentioned not a living. When they're dead, I think you can hollow them out and put beans in them and use them as maracas, can't you? Um, yes, yes. Now the, now everyone's got their own slippers, then yes, we need to repurpose <laughs> um, the pygmy marmosets in, in some sort of way like that. Absolutely. Good, good. But tell us about this, this client who, who comes in and uh, has knitted things for, uh, for, for babies? Well, every so, every so often on the spleen, you, you, you detect that there's a little bit of a drift because, because one joke can spawn another or, and things can take on their own sort of direction. So a couple of occasions, we've had people who've given us a little bit of feedback. When new grads are coming out, it's very easy um, to talk about, um, you know, um, 
the challenge of starting out into practice and it's going to be a hellish rotor and stuff like that. And there's a lot of funny material you can do on there. But if you drift too far along there, you can start to almost set the agenda and, and accentuate fear. So someone sent us a message on that. And so we purposefully brought up a couple that brought it from another direction of people making a really satisfying start into practice and wondering where the sense of disillusionment was, was going to come or being worried that they hadn't achieved a sense of disillusionment yet. So that's there on their PDP. Um, and the same applied with the client. It's quite early on, actually, isn't it? The um, achieving a sense of disillusionment. I think it's supposed to be three to four weeks after qualifying, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And, and the thing is not achieving it. The thing is maintaining it for all career. There's mm. one thing to get there, but then you, you've got to, yeah, you've got to keep it going all the way through imposter syndrome and beyond. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that feeling of I could have been. Keeping that level of, uh, I, I could have been, I could have been a player, I could have done that. Yeah, I, 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 I've, I've had aspirations. I've wanted to be the leader of the pack. I can beat my chest like the rest of them. But there's this um, silverback gorilla and he just won't let me have a, have a look in. He went, he, <laughs> That's a sad, sad, sad story. I feel your pain. I, I do too. I, I think it's good. You're, you're, you're quite supportive of, uh, of new grads and students, aren't you? I, and, but I understand that you sometimes overestimate the number of cabbage leaves required um, to... to um, it, I've got gin coming out of my nose now. <laughs> give, give, me, give me a bit of a run up on that sort of thing. Just, you want me to guide you directly, gently into the story then? <laughs> There's a few things I need to set straight on there. <laughs> not, not only the cabbage flower and two cabbage leaves for a start. Yeah, yeah but I, I understand that one 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 cauliflower floret was probably enough. But this has probably um, got something to do with your problem with the silverback as well. <laughs> as a family, we've gone off cauliflower cheese right off. <laughs> You know, the really awful thing is, I had that tonight. I feel ill now. <laughs> I, I, I did that. I, I, think, I think we need we need to explain. I think well, it, it is the habit in in UK universities, um, particularly final years. Gone are the days of the the rag mag, um, which used to be a, a put together magazine of of jokes and witticisms and sarcasms and pointed comments towards the uh, the lecturers. And we're in today's today's day. The thing for the university students to do is to do a nude calendar. And mm. uh, the, the, I mean, I have to say, you've got to take your hat off to these guys. They they've known well, that's all they leave on, isn't it? Well, it's what they leave on, yeah. And and they they sell these calendars for charity and uh, raise a lot of money and do a lot of good work with them. And it, it must take a lot of courage to, to parade around in front of your peers wearing no clothes and your, your bits covered up by delicately placed tails or hay bales or whatever. And uh, who, some, some students got into a bit of stick for, for doing a calendar or something, didn't they, Dr. Spleen? And you, you, you took their side? Yeah, we, we will always take vet students' side. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll, like a little bit of an older brother, we might give him a, um, a little bit of a, a joke and a poke. Um, but um, we, yeah, we'll always stick up for, for, for um, the younger members of our profession. And so, and so we bloody well should. 
And yeah, they got. We don't really want to sort of rip back open old wounds, and I, I think they got to a, a much better place. Or those people involved got to a much better place. But there was a time period where there was a bit of a furore on social media um, about these students, and so we got a little bit involved and chatted with some of the individuals involved. And uh, I'm sorry, I should have um, you know, thought of this beforehand, but the student president and her team at the Royal College um, was an absolute lioness in defense of her colleagues. And so we, we, we did a few you know, jokes about uh, someone holding a shield, a lady warrior holding a shield over a fallen conference. But we wanted to draw attention to this sort of stuff and also really draw attention to what a superbly resolute job this 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 student president leading her her group was doing, hmm. and in, you know in a situation where sort of the authority figures of the university are saying, well, you know, this is casting a crobium down upon it, and sort of well, yes, we'll tell them off and we'll give them a wigging, and these guys had done girls had done absolutely nothing that every other vet student vet school hadn't done for about 20 years leading up to it um and so um yeah we we thought that was that was pretty special so we kind of marshaled opinion and we've done this a few times we kind of encouraged people to express their own opinions on it and form a little bit of a mouthpiece to it mm. and um that sounds really virtuous and and somehow that then led on to me standing naked in a hallway with a selfie camera and a cabbage and two cabbage leaves. So, sorry, um, yes, two cabbage leaves, yes, two yes. Cabbage leaves. Yeah. Yes. Around. And they weren't sprouts. That's a lie. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. They weren't. Right. And it, yeah, the Floretin sprouts, I've heard it going around. It's, it's, not, it's not true. Malicious lies, malicious, awful. Um, and so yeah, and so and so sometimes with you can flip from that to serious. But if you can put something out that catches people's eye, and I don't think we should look too closely at that particular aspect of things catching in people's eyes, but perhaps we've had your eye out. Right. Um, but if you can put something out like that that, that grasps people, humour, and we'll touch on this later, but humour is such a way of engaging with people. Um, and, and you can put something out like that that attracts, then people will express themselves on it, the click of a like or a smile, or they'll share or tag someone about it. And actually you can attract a great deal of attention. And then everything came to a much better place. And so we wanted to represent that as well, because the authority figures in, in the university were then supporting the students and very clearly. And so we referenced that on that on the, um, you know, and basically said, well, you know, no name, names, but we wanted to, to say well done. And then I think we, we read in one, we read in one update or official update that come out there was, there was a reference to someone being awarded um, a cauliflower or something like that. A little tag in there. We, we had a, a, a negligible. Oh, our, our role really was drawing attention to what those students were doing for their colleagues 
and then alumni were, were also helping in there. So if anything, we sort of shine a light on a little bit the, the, the good work that, that people were so we're doing which needs to happen when you have a Ferrari like that, doesn't it? It does. And and, and we, we mentioned fuses and cannons earlier on. And I guess what what um what humor sometimes does is to allow a path for defusing a situation, doesn't it? It yeah. gives everyone an out. Uh, there's there's a big thing at the moment about um cancel culture, isn't there? Uh, I know there are various comedians that have got together and said, and John Cleese, I think, is, is one of the heads of these, has said actually. You know, humour is not racist, it's not sexist, it's not ageist, it's not anythingist. Humour is humour. And provided it's not meant directly to be uh, offensive. And I think, I think it's very easy for everyone to realise that that particular humour isn't directed at anyone offensively, provided that's not the case then all humour is allowable. I'm, I'm a great believer in that. But the difficulty these days is that we're all looking to be offended. We're all looking for that little bit of a, of a fuse to say, um, uh, can we can we take offence of that? Should we? Either on behalf of ourselves or, or, or our cousins or friends or, or downtrodden. And um, I know Mike uh, has, has spoken to me about people like Ricky Gervais before. Mm. Uh, in in that sense, Mike, do you want to, do you want to take it from there? Well, I think I think I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, and, and maybe you you're familiar with this. I, I don't know, Professor Spleen, but um, Ricky Gervais says that you you can tell a joke about anything, and if somebody's offended, then that is their problem for being offended at what we have just said, and it is not necessarily our responsibility to. Uh, to modify what we wish to say. And he, he basically says he can tell it, you can tell a joke about anything. If somebody's offended, then that is their problem. It is not his. I think that yeah, I'm not going to call myself a, a, a comedian, but you know, we, we do a lot of comedy stuff. I think that's quite a, an easy position for the people who are putting that the, the stuff together to take. Actually, I, I differ on that a little. I love what Rowan Atkinson did in speaking with, with Parliament and saying um, that, you know, that it shouldn't, or we, we can't aim to never offend anybody, most definitely. Mm. But I think if, if you roll back, the, the times are changing. And if you roll back, you know, some of Jim Davidson's stuff, and even before that, there, there was something about um, your, your neighbour and it ain't half hot mum and things like that. If you roll a long way back, times move on and that's that's very inappropriate now. Well, if you look back at, let's say, if you look back at the in-betweeners, and I think that's, that's about 10, 12 years old. And when that came out, roaringly funny. And I'm showing it with the, with the kids. But there's, there's, you know, there's stuff in, in that using um, homosexuality as a, as a slur um, that actually, and, you know, maybe it's the times that are changing more and more swiftly and, and, and we've got sort of pedal along to come up, but you, you absolutely would not write that now or accept it. And, and looking back just in that time frame, you know, it, it, it really jars. And so I think we will see, what we can't do, I think, is go back and say, 
you were wrong then because you were speaking in those Excuse times. Me. Yeah. We should say we're going to evolve on from that and we're not going to use, you know, that was playground talk then. It was certainly playground talk you know, <clears throat> a few more years ago when I was in a, a, a playground and, and it was an insult that was bandied around. But that must have been pretty rough to, if, if that was personal to you. Yeah. So I, I, I think we do have a responsibility to, to keep going and to keep moving on, but we can't be criticising people for their actions then no. using the rules now. Absolutely, yeah. because there are legal aspects, there are moral aspects, but, but I'm a firm believer that any joke that, that's meant by the teller to be funny and not clearly not to be, to, to be offensive, offence shouldn't be dragged out of it. Yeah. And, I, and you, you're right, there, there are occasions where, where that humour is misjudged. Um, yeah. like, like, for example, the, the man who goes into, the blind man who goes into a, a pub and, um, and he says to the, uh, the, the, the woman behind the bar, he says, um, hey, I've got, a, I've got a great joke about, uh, about a blonde. Do you want to hear it? And she says, um, she says, look, I must tell you, 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 you can't see, so you wouldn't know, but I, I'm blonde. Uh, my two other barmaids are blonde, and, and there are 30 members of the, uh, the blonde all-in wrestling uh, female women wrestling team here drinking at the bar. Do you really want to go and tell that, that joke? And he says, no, no, I, I don't want to repeat it 33 times. You're absolutely right. Um, and, and that's and that's not, that joke isn't an offensive joke, but, but actually if you say that joke among a group of purely blonde women, then clearly that could be taken as offensive. And so you've got to, you've got to look at your audience there, haven't you? Plus, which you don't want to explain it that many times. <laughs> I, I think the fact that they were wrestling, wrestlers would be uh, would be quite pertinent as well if you're in, yeah. in the middle. I mean, yeah, some of these jokes it takes perspective as well, doesn't it? Who influences you, and who who are your heroes? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's probably just a little bit. Whoever's funny, I would always tune into Billy. I had Billy Connolly tapes hmm. um, as a as a Kid, but not not that young. Um, kid, I love observational humour, where people much more than sort of here's a setup of an article. You know, the, the rabbi and the priest are in a whatever. Um, I I love observational humour and I love satire. So and and I love people who are able to just do a delivery of something. There was a guy called I think he was called Phil Kay where he said yeah. very little in a stand-up, very little at all, but just had the, the crowd sort of, you know, given, so it was all in the timing and the, and the delivery. It was, it was so incredibly snappy, really was. If people can see normal life, but you, 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 you have your, your filter on to actively look for the humorous side of normal life. I called into the small animal department of a uh, large mixed practice, and there was someone who was struggling to put a lead on one of those little spirally hooks things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And so you take a quick photo of that with a little coil to it and say, three bets, 20 minutes, unsolvable. Um, but to just take something that is part of our lives and to look at that, whether you have orange filter specs or green filter specs or funny filter specs, then, then you can, 
I suppose you, you can draw a bit of funny out of every day. I mean, you could even, you could even look at me sat here and, and draw something humorous out of my appearance, for well, example. No, I, w I wouldn't do that because that, that could be construed as deeply offensive, Dr. Spleen, and I don't think that would be necessarily appropriate. You know, I mean, no, no, I don't think that'd be appropriate at all. But, I mean, it's, but, but would it be inappropriate? Because there's a difference between being appropriate and being inappropriate. And, and I, I mentioned Peter Cook and Dudley Moore earlier, and they, they are my comic heroes, certainly. Yeah. Peter Cook, definitely. I mean, he, he could come up with, um, with, a, with a comic script that lasts five minutes long. It would take him five minutes to write it. Uh, I've, I've written comic scripts, and it's taken me an hour or two or three. Uh, or, and they're still or not funny. They're like and they're still not funny. No, no, but but that's the point. But he could think of something funny and write it down, and the the tap would never stop. Hmm. Uh, and it's joyful. It's absolutely joyful if you come up with something and send it out. You know, to sit there to overinflate these things, but yeah, you know, when you do an operation on a dog and then you see it after, you see the mm. impact, it goes home to the owner. To actually be able to visualize the impact of what you've done, you do a caricature and you see five minutes later that there are 30 people who tagged someone on there. It means, and I'm gonna, you know, they, they, they tag a name because they remind you, or you'll enjoy this, and it, it's flying along. Being able to see the impact of that is really, really deeply satisfying. I mean, you know, we all, um, all of the writers absolutely adore that. That's the round of applause sort of wave coming back when you're on stage of course and it, it, it's it's really exhilarating to see sort of so you you get tagged in your own joke it's somebody says, happened. somebody says hey you might really like this and and um, find out it's your own joke that must be awesome yeah more often it's i mean it, it's very easy to write self-deprecating humor so if you're writing about what uh what a um, what a, a twat some farm vet who's doing equine work on the Isle of Man off the coast of Brittany in the laboratory. If you're doing that sort of caricature and then someone sends back and you, oi, um, <clears throat> Splino, have a look at have a look at this. That sounds just like you. <laughs> yeah. But but if you wrote that about yourself as as uh, Hair Professor Dr. Spleen. That would come across as sounding cruel, wouldn't it, to to that vet who is working in the Isle of Man in the in the laboratory. There's a there, there's a fine line, isn't there? So Self-deprecating is, is very different from uh, deprecate. Oh, the tortoise has gone to sleep. Yeah, you know, uh, very, very different from deprecating other people or, or putting someone down, and that's that's a very fine, very fine line. Um, yeah, but. If you're, uh, our principle is, it's not just going to be shop floor laughing at power, and mm. it's not going to be student laugh at professor. We're not going to have or sort of validate that concept of hierarchy. But we're very keen that we're, we're not just going to have jokes that point in one direction and validate that idea. We will have everything going round in a circle. So mm. you take a turn in the hot seat and you take a turn laughing. And it's it's a cyclical concept. Um, good, good. Because otherwise, it just becomes a bashing, and it 
it loses the humour, doesn't it? So, yeah. And I, I, I must say, I, as, as Mike said earlier, I, I don't do a lot on the social media, but Mike directed me to, to your stuff, and it, it, it is hilarious and incredibly witty, and it's difficult to be both sometimes. You can be clever or you can be funny, but to be both, I, I think you, you, you've really hit the nail on the head in, in uh, much of what you've done there. Which is great. Thank you. Appreciate it. I don't. I don't give out compliments often. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, we don't actually. No, we normally take the Mickey out of our guests, Julian. What, what's going on? Yeah, we do. We haven't done that tonight. No, I don't want to take a Mickey out of a six foot gorilla. Do you? No, I'm not either. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I am kneeling down. Actually, I am kneeling down. Um, I, mean, I believe you. Yeah, you to to a degree though. In, in this interaction, you're robbed of that because all you have to interact with. Is, is this sort of very flat or stoic mass? So you robbed a lot of the expression or the things that you, you, you know, you can, you can interact like that on. So I'm, I'm going to wear this all the time now, I think. So let, me, let me ask the question again then. So, so who are some of your comedy idols? Comedy idols? Um, well, there is this, there's a, there's a couple of guys um, I think he's who, got it. I think he's got it. Um, there's a couple of guys who um, spring to mind, and you know they. Yeah, I'll, I'll be perfectly frank. They're not the they're not the best looking people in the world. Um, and it's not us. Yeah, what I really admire is. They don't let that hold them back. They don't let that confine them. And, and they've actually, they've, they've taken the step of, I mean, of all mediums, video. <laughs> I'd never call um, Mike a medium, would you? <laughs> no, I'm an extra I mean, large, mate. I mean, since COVID, I've been interviewing, let's get down doing Zoom calls all the time. I've got to run from medium to extra large in the space of 18 months. You come out of lock, lockdown a hunk, a drunk, or a chunk, and, and let's face it, I think we know. Don't we? <laughs> he's obviously not talking about us, Julian. No, he's not. A For a moment. Drunk, chunk. Yeah, he's obviously a, not a, done his he's a hunk, a drunk, or a chunk. He's obviously not done his research either, because most of our stuff is audio. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a face for radio. Yeah, we have. We have. <laughs> We, we we touched earlier on we touched earlier on about the the RCVS um, our, our erstwhile governing body, and and we touched on CPD, and I'd like to take that round in the circle if I'm if I may, Professor Spleen, because you know, I, I'm, we've got a section on the show that we call sixty second CPD, and it strikes me that there is nobody better placed to deliver. 60-second CPD on bringing humour. We've been a little bit philosophical at times this evening and we've had a great time. But bringing humour to the workplace, colleagues, clients. And I, I was wondering, Professor Spleen, could I challenge you to the 60-second CPD challenge? I'm aboard. I'm there. I'm aboard. <laughs> great. Fantastic. You're going to have the 60 seconds counting down. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to set that up now and let's hope that I get it the right way round because I have been known to get this completely wrong. So there, there's our countdown. Okay, so I'd like to challenge Professor Raptured Spleen, um, 60 second CPD 
on bringing humour to the workplace. Okay, bringing humour to the workplace. Humour, oft derided, oft looked down on as a minor art. It's childish or it's facile or it's something that's easy or it's unprofessional even. But humour, it goes straight to creating happiness in people. We do so many things that to generate an element of happiness or enjoyment with pleasant walks and hobbies um, we look at scenes or something that make us a little bit happy but how does that compare with a full-on belly laugh so bring humor into your workplace it bonds teams together look for the funny in every day lifts spirits raises morale raises the base level from angst to a geniality Use it in your consults. It makes a connection with people in the same way that smell or a sound or a song or something like that. If you want to communicate a message down in, laughter is a fast track to impact and people will take that message away with them because presenting an attractive light or funny manner. I'm out. That was perfect. Absolutely <laughs> fabulous. Thank you Absolutely. very much indeed, Professor Splane. Brilliant. Brilliant. One of the best. I can't, I can't oh. this thing up ever. It's the one time I've made notes for something like that. The only thing I didn't say was time laughing together is never time wasted. And in fact, is any ever time, is ever any time better spent than laughing and enjoying each other's company. Do you know, I, I quite agree. I, I, I remember I was about uh, nine or ten years old and, and I was always the, the, the kid who, who made jokes at, at school imagine not 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 any of them funny but I, I used to try anyway and my teacher said to me Julian you, you'll never get through life making jokes and I thought that's very sad I'm gonna I'm gonna prove her wrong and um I think I have I think I've proved her wrong I've tried every single day even when I've had depression I'll, I'll be honest you know, I've, I've had very low moments in my life but actually I've never lost that ability to see something funny in a, in a situation and and pass it on to other people in the hope and expectation it'll brighten their, their mood or even their day. And I think that's a very important thing. Although sometimes jokes can go down very badly in a consult. I remember, and I might have told you this before, Mike, but I was, I was in a consult whilst once this, this lady brought her cat in and she said, he got a dreadful sore on his back. And, uh, and I, I looked very carefully and I said, sorry, I, I, I can't find it. And she said, no, no, lower. So I said, I can't find it. And, and cracked up. And she just stood there blinking for a while. I thought, this hasn't gone down at all well. <laughs> ah, so, so, Julian, have you, you, you've just you've set yourself up now, haven't you? I mean, you've said that, you know, since school days, you've been telling jokes. And we have a traditional part on the show where you tell a joke. I do. And... and um, you have a joke for tonight? Uh, I've got a joke, and I, I, I'm going to apologise uh, to to our Professor Dr Spleen because the tradition is that my jokes particularly are usually aren't funny, and um, I, I love them. I love any joke, even if it's bad. Uh, and this is this is a joke actually that came about from uh, uh, from a friend of mine who's an Aikido champion. Uh, so, uh, Herr Professor Tony, if you're listening, Tony, here's here's one for you. Uh, and it's about a, a, a Chinese short sword competition, uh, or Japanese rather, short sword competition, where they um, display their their talents at, um, at using those very sharp 
short samurai swords uh, to show their precision at speed. And the, uh, the guy who came in third place talks to the judges and says, oh, I, was, I was very pleased with, uh, with my score. Uh, I only got third place, but I was very pleased. And he said, well, what did you do to get third place? He said, there was a, there was a fly on the wall. I blew like that just to dislodge it. And then got the sword, and there was this, and the two halves of the fly fell down, bisected perfectly in the middle, fell down on the floor. It's a wow, that's amazing. Let's, let's have a chat to the guy who came in, uh, or, or the person, it could have been a woman, came in uh, n- number two. So she she comes along, there was a woman, and uh, said, so, Well, I, I did a, a similar thing. I, there was a fly there, and I, I'd, I'd seen the person before me cut it in half. I thought I could do a little. Better than that. So she she blew against the wall and a fly shot off. She went, and this fly was cut in four perfect pieces, all of which drifted slowly to the floor. And uh, oh, that's amazing. That's absolutely incredible. So how did how did someone beat that? Who who uh, who won? And so they said, well, let's look at the footage now. And there's the winner. And again, there's another fly, and he gets his sword, does a few deep breathing exercises, and the fly lifts off of the wall, he goes, and there's this, the fly carries on. And they said, I don't quite see how you've won, the fly's still alive. And he said, yes, but he'll never have children. Very good, Julian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I don't know. I've got a joke. Go on then. What What do you feed a six hundred pound gorilla? Don't know. Anything it asks for. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, Doctor <laughs> Professor Spleen. Well, yes, or uncle, as I would call him. Yeah. Uncle. Yes. Okay. <laughs> What would you feed your uncle? Anything he asks for. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so staying on, the, staying on the CPD route then. We're not eligible for race points at the moment, but uh, certainly CPD points through the RCVS. Thank you very much to some of our previous guests. Um, they actually cashed the cheque, so I think we're probably okay to say this. Oh, fantastic, good, excellent. So um, if, if you'd like to... Sorry? This counts as CPD, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, it does. It, uh, it uh, or oh, ah, no, hold on, hold on. It doesn't count as CPD at the moment, does no. it? We've got two things to do yet to, to enable us to be claimed as CPD. And, hmm. and the first oh. one is we have to download the certificate. Yeah. yeah. Have you got a certificate there, Julian? I've got a certificate. Hold on. Here we go. So here's here's the certificate. Right. And uh, and this says certificate of splenic venting. And this yeah. certifies that satire is alive and living with a close friend called Doris in Peckham. Up the establishment. Good. Uh, I'm, I'm loving that. We'll put that up on the page. Here we, there we go. And okay. so, so we've got, we got me dressed as a clown, because why not? We, we've, got, we've got a raptured spleen. I'm just going to bring this closer to the, the camera. There's a, there's a raptured spleen. And... And we've got now look, all, all the CPD certificates have a bit of a bit of a tail to it. So 
here is raptured spleen, Herr Professor Doctor, looking with a hawkish eye into into the world of humour. I, I thought I thought that I thought that was a seagull doing a poo, but we're well, all, it could be it could be that as well. Ourselves from that. And is there going to be a cauliflower on this certificate? There's no cauliflower, actually. I should have put one on there. But, but what we've got here is, is lemurs. This is the hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. And this is basically a shut up and put up, isn't it? Because yeah. what, we, what we don't want is to, is to not make some sort of humour out of it. And so if we don't look and we don't listen and we don't speak, then nothing's been gained. But the worst thing of all is to be too bloody lazy to think of something funny to say in a day. So, sloth indolence, the worst thing of the lot. And that's, that's my offering for this week, CBD certificate. Excellent. So, so the, the other... We can download those and put those in our, in our um, learning journey or whatever. We have yep. reflect upon it. And, ah. Well, you've got money, just you. Yeah. We are, we are, well, of course, Professor, you, and you're right ahead of the game with that because... We do, of course, have to reflect on that. Hmm. So I'm wondering if you'd be kind enough just to join Julian and I in a moment's reflection on CPD and the insight into comedy, humour and successful Facebook pages that we've received this evening. Compliments of your good self. Indeed. And and the need for that humour to lighten dark situations. Indeed. Join us, please, in our moment's reflection. Do you say, hmm? I always do when I'm reflecting. Oh, good, good. I just, I just wondered. I just wondered. I didn't know whether there was any sort of pain. I, I, thought, I thought you'd turned into Millennium Vet then and you were, you were back doing your yoga. <laughs> whilst, whilst, in, whilst in lockdown on furlough. I'm just pathetic. You weren't expecting. I mean, obviously, the whole content of, of this interview would have abused, which would have informed you of this, but you weren't expecting any wise words from me at that stage, were you? Not, not expecting. No, no. not expecting. No. So, on on that note, on that note, <laughs> on that bombshell, on that utter, utter bombshell, I would like to say thank you very, very much, Herr Doctor. Professor Spleen, um, for joining Capitano. us this evening. If you've liked what you've seen or liked what you've heard, don't forget to click like, share it with your friends, spread the news. And if you've got any ideas or you have any guests that you'd like us to, uh, to talk with and meet with, then let us know. Get in touch and let's have some fun. But remember, Facebook is the only one we're actually naked on. <laughs> Avoid that one. Very true. And, <laughs> and thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. You're very, you're very, very yes, welcome. Sir. And I'm thrilled we finally managed to unmask the raptured spleen. Indeed. Raptured spleen and the others. May your dogs go with you. May your dog yeah. go with you. Good one, all.